Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Somehow I Father. I'm your host, Gabriel Perez, and in this episode, I'm just going to be talking about some of the things that have uh, been going on the last couple weeks, and really just, this hit me this morning in my devotional, my utmost for its highest, and it is desiring success in God, and just want to unpack that, what it looks like in my life, and just maybe put a little thoughts into your life if you're interested. <laughs> so with that, I uh, just want to say appreciate you guys being here. I know it's been probably a couple weeks, but to be honest, I just didn't want to come on here to talk. want to be feeling led to speak called and so sometimes I feel when I just come and talk it's just me rambling and so I don't know I don't know what good can come from that so I guess I'm leery to do that because then it, and then it also feels like am I trying to just push something out here am I trying to make something so I try to come with at least some form of thought that is moving that is relative Anyways, so with that coffee sip, you know, I think I've designed the coffee sip to help restructure my brain and just bring me back. When I start to say, when I start to ramble and I go, and, um, and, 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 so when I hear that, it's like coffee break and it's amazing coffee. Okay. So I just want to share a really cool story though. So uh, Sunday night playing video games, playing Zelda, Breath of the Wild. My kids are on their games, the iPad, playing whatever they play on on the kids app for my daughter and my son was playing Pokemon and go on a Pokemon battle card game. Anyways, so I'm playing Zelda and to give you context, whether you know it or not, there's this one level where you have to sneak around to beat it. And then when you get if you get found the guards pretty much just kill you. And they're really hard. Like one swipe and you're dead. And I kept getting caught. And I was getting super angry. I mean, not like crazy. But I was like, ah. You know, just like, man, darn it. Not getting crazy. But like, just getting frustrated. And my my daughter. I almost said my wife. Because my daughter's becoming like my wife. And that she's calling me out all the time. But she says, without looking up from her iPad. And it's funny because we're all just like literally like we're on this big couch, but we're all huddled together, which is cool. And she, without looking up, she goes, I get caught again. And it doesn't mean you think it's over. Like it just initiates the fight scene that seems impossible to win. She goes, are you going to quit? Are you going to persevere? And I was like, what? (laughs) And to give you context of that, we when in our homeschooling lesson, we learned that the turtle does not quit, it perseveres. And whenever my daughter is feeling down or feeling like she can't do something, I always ask her, What do what is the turtle? What does the turtle do? And she goes, I don't quit, I persevere. And she's always a little frustrated in that, but she remembers and we always talk about it. And whether or not she perseveres or not, it's just something I always say. What does the turtle do? What does the turtle do? And so she'll, so she'll repeat it. So sure enough, she just, it's great because she's just like, without even looking up, 
So you're going to quit or you're going to persevere. And I was just like, dang, that's hard. I can't quit now. She's going to, I'm literally modeling this for her now. How my actions, what my actions are going to shape what she thinks. So I was like, no. So, so I ended up fighting these bad guys in this epic battle, which I just waste all my resources to beat them. But I won the battle. And I was actually really surprised. I was like, I won. I was like, no way. I did it. And I was like, thank you. I was like, sweet, sweets, you totally just encouraged me and got me to win. She's like, that's right, Dad. And she gave me a high five. And it was just one of those cool moments where, you know, most of the time you think your kids aren't listening to you. They're just going through the motions. But she took that one. She took it to heart. But then she also took it to call me out. Call me out on my on my words. Are you going to quit? Are you going to persevere? It was just so funny because she didn't even look up. But learning lessons from my daughter. It's pretty amazing. So. Ah, coffee. Yosemite coffee. I love you. Okay. So there's two thoughts I'm going to. Two thoughts I'm going to anchor on here. Sorry about that. <clears throat> So it's the warning against desiring spiritual success. I don't know if you guys have caught a note, but I seem to be talking a lot about this devotional. This devotional is amazing. My utmost for his highest. Oswald Chambers. It has really got me thinking. And sometimes I don't even want to read it. I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to dive in. But then sometimes there's times where it's way over my head where I can't even comprehend what he's saying. And then there's sometimes when it's just like, dude, he's the, the Lord is speaking directly to me through this. And so, here it is. The trap we fall into is extravagantly desiring spiritual success. That is, success measured by and patterned after the form set by this religious age in which we now live. Never seek after anything other than the approval of God and always be willing to go outside the camp bearing his reproach. Jesus told his disciples not to rejoice in successful service, and yet this seems to be the one thing in which most of us do rejoice. We have a commercialized view. So I guess I'm going to stop right there because, man, that is like so right on. You know, even as I as I go through this journey of walking with God, I look at what is success. And I think what I'm desiring after so much sometimes is not just God himself, but the success of God. The success of being like, yeah, God is with me. I feel his presence. I'm walking with him. And I'm... I'm I have a ministry in which I'm speaking to people and and it's you know or you know things like that and it's interesting cuz I'm reading The Kingdom Man by Tony Evans and you know if you don't know Tony Evans he's a pretty much a mega pastor he's got a huge church he's on the radio he's 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 an awesome pastor I think he's the uh he's like the the biblical person for the Dallas Cowboys and the Mavericks you know I forget the title. I'm just slipping my mind now. But anyways, he has this book called Kingdom Man, which is an amazing book. 
And one thing he's talking about is the greatness inside you. And um, it's really encouraging the way he's breaking this down. But one of the examples he's, he's talking about is that people always come up to him since he's got a huge church now. They say, hey, how, 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 what did you do to get to the church to where it is now? How, how did you grow so big? How did you do this? And they all want to know the solution, the, the formula to being a successful pastor and having a huge church. And his, his reply is always, well, what are you doing now? Or when was the last time you preached in prison? Because he said, the, the way he goes, you know, because I didn't focus on having millions of people come to my church or hear my message or whatnot. He goes, I just went out and preached the word. I went out. He goes, before I was this, doing this, I was on the street or the bus stop with my dad handing out tracts. I was preaching to people at the bus station. I was preaching to people in prison. I was preaching to people all over just because I wanted to get the word out. He goes, I preached all the time. He goes, and then when I started church, I only had 10 people in my in my church, 10 families. But I preached to those 10 families. He goes, did I do things differently then? He goes, no. I prepared each message to equip them and help them. And I focused on the people. And, you know, in a sense, discipling them, you know, teaching them. He, he goes, I put as much effort into that word back then as I do in this word today. And that's just the heart, is that you're doing things not for, to say, look at, I've led thousands, millions of people to the Lord. It's actually, and I'm going to read a little bit more, but it actually goes deeper. It talks about discipling people. Oswald Chambers says in this devotional that one person is worth more than a, one person ordered by God is worth more than a hundred people being saved by God. And that's like a heavy thing. Like, whoa. But it's and I think it's because the context he's saying is that one person who is following God, walking with God, ordered by God, is doing more work in the kingdom than than a hundred people who just got saved and then go about their lives. And, you know, of course, don't get me wrong. And I feel like the Lord is telling me to say that, like, the angels celebrate when one person is saved. Yes. Don't, don't, don't take that part of the context. I think it's just to say that one person who is walking with God and ordered by God is more powerful than a hundred people who have just been saved and, and not doing anything or based up our, our, or are basing their walk on successful practices of religion, you know, because we, we celebrate success in the church. Wow, that church has millions of people. Wow, that church is huge. Wow, this church does this. This, you know, we're celebrating those success, but successes. But what about the work that is not shown? And I think. The work that is done on the inside, in the hearts of one person, two people, three people, uh, just the work that is done inside the heart is what counts. Of, in the in the discipling of that heart. And this hits me because sometimes I just get caught up in thinking that 
that I need to be successful in something to know that it's worth something to God. And I don't think that's the case at all. In fact, um, just before I jumped onto this podcast, I was praying and just asking for the Father to show me, to give me words. But then I, I asked, take success out of my mind. That word success is such a double-edged sword. Because when, when you bring success into the picture, it changes everything. All of a sudden, everything is in a different filter. Success, success, success. Uh, you know, Jesus talked about serving. That servants, when you think of a servant, you think of someone on the lowest rung of the ladder. But in God's kingdom, a servant is great. And so to serve others, to serve first. And then you think, okay, then, then there's success. But then there it is. You've now changed your service into success mongering. I don't even know if that's a term. But man, it's just, it, it always can sneak in. And so before I just keep going, I just want to read this other thought because it, it really hit me. So it says, because hmm. I already kind of touched on that. Okay. One, so let me just read his uh, thought on the hundred lives versus the one just because I want to make sure I get it right his disciple salvation is sanctification of the work of God's sovereign grace and our works as his disciples is to disciple others lives until they are totally yielded to God one life totally devoted to God is of more value to him than 100 lives which have been simply awakened by his spirit Okay, so yeah, I was way off context. Not saved, awakened by. You know, thank the Lord that he kind of interjected there because that would have been a bad one, really bad. Um, so we must, as workers for God, we must reproduce our own kind spiritually. And those lives will be God's testimony to us as his workers. God brings us up to a standard of life through his grace, and we are responsible for reproducing that same standard in others. Unless the worker lives a life that is hidden with Christ in God, he is apt to become an irritating dictator to others instead of an active living disciple. Many of us are dictators, dictating our desires to individuals and to groups, but Jesus never dictates us in that way. Whenever our Lord talked about discipleship, he always prefaced his words with an if, never with a forthful or dogmatic statement, you must. Discipleship carries with it an option. An option. Because God wants us to choose. And so much in religion is based on like the burden of having to do. Having to do this. I need to do this. This is what needs to be done for the church, for God. And 
and if I can go back to just parenting, I can have my kid clean the room. That doesn't, I can make him do it. It doesn't do much in the long run. And many times, let's be honest, I'm just making him do it. But it's not making him do it in the long run. It's not changing anything. In fact, I'm having to constantly be on him to do it. But what about when you change the heart? That he is not doing it because I'm telling him to do it. He's doing it because it's the right thing to do. And so it's like that if factor. If. And, it, and it's making me think now too on how I have to replay how I have to rephrase some of my wordings to my kids because <laughs> if if I'm being a hundred percent, it's if you want to play games, you gotta do this. But what if I just said if you want to do what's right, then you can can contribute to our home if you're willing to do it. You know, just finding a way to re restructure that. I mean, even now I'm kind of phrasing that in my head. Like, because so much in, in I've been a part of a church that's just, that's been not, I've been in churches. So, where everything was forced. I remember I went to this church a long time ago where I was forced. You had to clap at certain times. You had to get up when the pastor walked out. You had to be 100% engaged into what the pastor was saying. Forced. And and it was funny because you, you looked around and it brought about a sort of ignorance, a sort of falseness. It was devoid of the spirit, this church. Because people were doing things not because God was calling them. Because God was leading them in there. And he gives them the choice. Like if, if, you, if you want to follow me. Take up your cross. You know. If. If. And, and leaving it up for the spirit in them. To make the decision. Leaving it up for them to yield their hearts to God. And. And make the decision on their own. It was. By religion, you must, you have to do this, and it just takes the life out of things. And I think coming back to success, when we put that successful filter on of what it looks like to be a great Christian, a great servant of God, I must do this, I have to do this, I have to be a perfect dad, I have to be a perfect husband. I need to not sin. I need to be calm. It's like, man, all these things, they just, they become a burden of weighing you down because you're trying to be successful. You're trying to define your success and you're trying to define it by works, which is even worse. So, I just want to leave you guys in, with that thought. How we walk with God. Because I know I have not been walking with God in the best way. In the best light. In fact, I'm always trying to 
to find success in walking with God so I can show people like I am walking with God in a successful manner. This is what it looks like, and that's not the case. Man, how easily we can get stumbled up. How easily I can get stumbled up. So I hope that helps. I hope um, it's not rambling, but I appreciate you guys uh, showing up, listening to this podcast. Please, if you got any anything you want to share, I encourage you to reach out. You can hit me up at don't even know my email the dad schooler at gmail.com maybe i've gotten rid of a bunch of emails because i have too many emails that's what my wife tells me yeah the dad schooler at gmail.com hit me up there because that one is effectively still in use appreciate you guys hope you have a great week and talk soon